Amen. And we continue this series that we have been uh, dealing with for the last couple of weeks called Crash the Chatterbox. And if you remember that this series really is focused on the fact that there is a lot of noise inside of our head that represents the lies of Satan. And he's using uh, that noise, that lies, to try to convince us, distract us, and separate us from God. And so our premise for this series has always has all been focused on the fact that we want to reduce the noise inside of our heads, reduce the lies, so that we can clearly hear the voice of God. Um, last week we dealt uh, with uh, the first promise of God that says God says that I am. We, we dealt with insecurity, the fact that the, the devil wants to convince us that we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough, um, that we can't do it, that uh, we should just give up. But we know that God says I am. Today we want to deal with um, the topic of fear. We want to deal with the topic of fear and the impact that it has in our lives. And then we want to counteract that with the promise that God says he will. Everyone say he will. He will. Just as a, just a quick uh, illustration of fear. There were two explorers who were on a jungle safari when suddenly a ferocious lion jumped out in front of them. Keep calm, the first explorer whispered to the other one. Remember what we read in the book on wild animals. If you stand perfectly still and look the lion in his eye, he will turn and run. Sure, replied his companion. You read the book and I've read the book, but has the lion read the book? All right. <laughs> first, I want to ask you this question. What are you afraid of? What, what, what are you afraid of? And I'm not talking about the stuff that, that scares us, you know, that, you know, bugs and, you know, creepy crawlers, that kind of stuff. But I, I, I want to, to deal with the thing that really drives and perpetuates fear in our lives. If I had to admit, I would say that I'm afraid of water. I always have been a little skittish around, around water. But if I really think about it, that's not really my fear. That's just the symptom. That's just the, the top line. If I had to go deeper, my real fear is that water makes me feel like I am not in control. And so as a result of that, if I find myself in deep water, my fear is that I can't control the situation. And then ultimately, beyond that, my fear is that I'm going to drown. All right. And what I want to talk about today are the fears that we experience on a more regular basis. I don't, want to come, I don't want us to focus on necessarily the, every, the struggles like water. I don't struggle with that every day. But I do struggle with the lack of, of control and the fear that I'm going to get so overwhelmed in life that I'm going to begin to drown. Yeah. Here's a few examples of things that we are afraid of and that we really fear. Some of us fear life itself. We're, we're afraid uh, of life and the decisions that we have to make in life and where my life is going and where I've been and am I going to make it? Do I have what I need? We're, we're struggling and we're afraid of life itself. Yeah. Many people are afraid of death. Many people are afraid of, of dying. They're afraid of, of what the, the, the other side is going to be like. You know, I, I don't know. It's so unknown. I'm afraid to die. Uh -huh. Many people, strange enough, are afraid of success. They're afraid of success because they don't know that once I become successful, the fear is, is that once I get on that elevated level, what's going to happen if, if it all falls apart? Mm. Others are afraid of failure, that they're so afraid of failing, what, that they don't even try to do anything. Many people are afraid of loneliness. They're afraid of even being in relationships. They're afraid of addiction. They're afraid of having yeah. intimacy. 
and they're even afraid of rejection. Friends, too often we allow the chatter all around us to influence us in such a negative way that we miss out on hearing God's word, which breathes life into our hearts and our souls. And in other words, that the chatter all around us is telling us that we should be afraid, that we should fear these things, that we're so concerned and so overwhelmed by our fears and the chatter that we can't simply hear from God. Now, I'm not here to analyze or, or give you the one secret to overcoming fear. But I, be, I do believe that after today, maybe we'll have a better understanding of how to handle those fears and see how God is with us. Yes. And so we're going to look at a, a familiar, somewhat familiar uh, story in the book of Acts, um, verse number uh, 13 through 44. We don't have it all up on the screen, um, and, and, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read that that story to us. Uh, it kind of sets the premise here that, um, that Paul the Apostle is, has now been captured and he is, is on his way to be sent to Rome uh, to encounter judgment. Yeah. And so this is where uh, we find Paul here in Acts chapter 27. And just to read just a couple verses and we'll deal with it in more detail. We start with it's a little dark up here. I'm trying to see my Bible. I should have got the big letter Bible. Amen? Amen. Amen. It says, but the weather changed abruptly. Now, Paul here is on a ship. Now, back then, you know, that was the only way you could travel. Uh, he's on a ship uh, going from Israel, and, and he's headed uh, towards Rome. And now, Paul, before this, this story, had already warned uh, the people in, on the ship that, that we maybe shouldn't do this. Yeah. That, that, that there's something that's potentially going to happen and go wrong on this travel. Uh -huh. But they went anyway. And so as they traveled, it says, but the weather changed abruptly and the wind of typhoons strengthened, burst across the isles and blew us out of the sea. The sailors could not turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run the gal. When sailed along the shelter side of the small island named Kuad, where the great difficulty was hoisted aboard the lifeboats being towed behind us. Then the sailors abroad ropes, uh, then the sailors boarded ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars, um, so they lowered the sea anchors to slow the ship and were driven by the wind. The next day, this continued again. They kept getting battered by the storm. The following day, just more of the same, more storms, more problems. No one had eaten for a long time. And finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me. Don't you hate that person that says, I told you so? This was Paul here. He said, I told you so. You should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will be lost in this storm, even though the ship will go down. So friends, as we look here, as I said, Paul is on his way. He is traveling down uh, from Crete to Rome. He's on his way to be judged uh, by Caesar himself of the crimes that he has been accused of. And, and at this point, 
we see here that the, 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 the captain of the ship had been warned by Paul, but yet he did not listen and they sailed on anyway. Yeah. And so when the lies of fear attack us, we find ourselves in a very similar situation that we have to learn, first of all, that we must be steered by the Spirit of God, not by our own senses. We have to be steered by the Spirit of God and not our own senses. When we listen to the wrong voices and steer according to our senses, we will always make a choice that will cause us great loss. Think about a time in your life when you made decisions based off of what you thought and what you wanted to do and think about what the results of that was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and think about how that if you had have listened to the voice of God and what God was directing you to do and what God was telling you not to do, think about where your life would be now. Because the sailors chose to steer by what they saw instead of by what the Spirit of God was telling them through Paul, they sailed directly into disaster. Uh -huh. And friends, sometimes insecurity will tell you that you're good enough, and, and that insecurity of not feeling good enough will tap into the fears that the devil keeps telling us in our heads. And then as a result, we will make a, a wrong action, a wrong step, a wrong decision, a bad decision, when we should have just stopped and waited on God. See, 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 think about any scary move. When, when you see somebody that gets scared, first thing they do, they just don't even think. They just start running somewhere. And you just want to say, well, you're going the wrong. You know, we all see them moving. Like, you're running back to the danger. You know, when, when you're scared, you just do stupid stuff. Amen. And the same thing happens in our lives. When we are allowing our lives to be dictated by the fear, whether it's fear of rejection, fear of relationship, fear of intimacy, whatever that fear is, when it dictates our lives, we just do dumb stuff. Amen. And, and, and we find ourselves that when we have a fear of, rela of relationships, we find ourselves in a relationship with the wrong person. When, when we have a fear of rejection, then we now start pushing everybody who loves us away. But God is telling us that, 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 that he wants us to steer the ship of our lives by the spirit and not by our own senses. You know, I was thinking about uh, this week. I bought a, a bought a car. I've been looking buying a, I had to buy a car because I wrecked mine. I didn't wreck it. Somebody wrecked it for me. Um, um, and they told her that, you know, I was driving it, but I can't control everybody else on the street. See, that control issue. Um, so I had, to, I had to go buy another vehicle. And, and one of the, the primary, and, 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 no, no, no salespeople in here, not like, like car salesmen. Yeah, it's just something about car salesmen that just gets me all, you know. Um, but but one of their chief tactics is once they get you in there and they, they want to they want you to test drive the vehicle, want you to feel good about it, and they ask you questions that they know they don't have no control over, how much do you want to pay? And we all know that that's all based off of interest rates, what your credit look like. They can't do nothing about that. But they ask you these questions anyway. And, and, and so then they, they come back and they kind of show you some numbers. And then, you know, if you're hesitant and say, well, I don't think, you know, because me, I'm just like, if it ain't my number, I'm out. What's well, that? Hey, if it's a dollar over, hey, nice doing business with you, nice meeting you, I'm out. And so, so, so then the reaction to that is to try to insert fear in the situation. Because they oftentimes say, say, well, I mean, you know, if, if, you, if you wait another day, this car could be gone. I mean, you, you really, I know you really like it and everything, but we really, we, we need to do this now because, you know, I mean, I'm saying you could come back next week or, or everything, but I can't guarantee that it's going to be there. 
they try to instill fear into the situation. They want you to operate and make decisions based off of that moment in time, off of your senses, off of that fear, instead of being steered and guided by wisdom. Friends, we don't have to be motivated by fear and steered by our senses if we hear the voice of God. Psalms 27 and 1 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid of? Do we believe that? Psalms 27 and 1, it says, The Lord is the, my light. He, he provides illumination to my life, to my path, to my direction. He's my salvation. That means no matter what I go through, no matter what I deal with, he is there to rescue me from. He says, so, so if God's going to illuminate the path and brighten the, the path to my destination, and he's going to be the one that saves me if I get in a mess, uh-huh. what do I have to be afraid of? Romans 8 and 6 says this, the mind is governed by the flesh is death. But the mind that's governed by the spirit of life is peace and a spirit of life. Uh Friends, fear is the opposite of faith. It's the opposite of faith. You can't say that I have faith, but then you're scared of everything. Uh I mean, I'm just saying, but we, we do that. Like, I got faith in God. Oh, I trust me saying them old songs. I trust in the Lord. Oh, I trust. In, and, and, but we're scared of everything. Yeah. It's the opposite. And do you know that fear leads to worry? Yeah. See, when you are worried, that's because you're scared. Yeah. You're scared. You, there is a fear in your life, and that drives you to worry about the outcome and the situation and the things in your life. See, friends, we need to look at this idea of, of, of worry because how can we tell the difference? How can we tell the difference between when the enemy is causing us to worry and when God is causing uh, or trying to warn us? Mm. See, see, Paul had been warned by God, but sometimes we can't tell the difference when God is trying to warn us not to do something or if it's the enemy trying to convince us just to worry about it. All right. The great example is Matthew uh, 6 and 24. That whole uh, uh, Matthew 6, 24 through 34, I believe, talks about this. And in Matthew 6 and 24, uh, Jesus says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Then he jumped down to verse 27 and he says, can any one of you by worrying add one single hour to your life? The question is, is what's the point of worrying? What what really is the point? What what, what do you gain by worrying? And and so every time you find yourself in a situation where when worry is starting to overcome you, the first thing you need to say and and realize is, what am I afraid of? Because there's a fear that's causing me to worry. And so then the next thing you need to ask yourself is, is where is my faith? Where is is my my faith? Because later on in that sixth chapter of of Matthew, Jesus closes out this verse uh, of scriptures. He starts out by talking about worrying and, uh, and not needing it. And he ends it by saying, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Yeah. And his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. That's the formula right there. Mm-hmm. That, that, that if you will seek God, 
Seek him first. Seek him wholly. Seek his word. Seek what he's trying to do in your life. Seek what he's trying to tell you. If you will seek God, he will reduce the chatter of lies in your life, and he will eliminate the word. Friends, realize this, that fear has the ability to paralyze. Amen. But God has the ability and desires to mobilize your life. The devil wants to use fear to paralyze you. Have you ever been in a state where you've been so scared that you can't move, you can't do anything? Yeah. That, that, that you know, you just, you know, that you can't. Have you ever had a situation in your life that you can't seem to make a decision? Yeah. You just, you just, you're just indecisive. And you don't know, you're afraid if I decide this, if I do this, if I, you're just afraid. But God is trying to mobilize you to action. God is trying to move you to to not just be stuck in a rut, but he's trying to move you forward in your life. So the second point is, after we talk about how how we can steer our ship by the spirit and not by our senses, then we have to fix our focus and keep our courage. Fix our focus and keep our courage. When you focus on the voice of God, he will calm your fears and confirm your destination. Later on in that Acts 27, um, the Bible talks about how that in the midst of the storm, um, that, that the angel of the Lord came to Paul and he told him, Paul, don't worry. Don't be afraid. I know you're in this storm. I know they didn't listen to you, but everything's going to be all right. That, that just, the, the ship is going to be lost. But yet, nobody on the ship is going to die. It lets us know here that God gave Paul reassurance. Because Paul had a a mission. God wasn't going to kill Paul on the boat when God had established a plan to get Paul to Rome to stand before Caesar. And so sometimes we have to, as we go through the storms of life, we have to realize that, that, that God is just taking us through this, that this is not for our destruction, this is not the end, this is not where, where we just throw in the towel, but we have to learn how to weather the storm of life. Amen. Amen. If you've been through anything in life, you know that life is about ups and downs. Yeah. It's about ups and downs. And, and, and if you get stuck on the highs or the lows, you're going to have a, 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 a tough and difficult life. Uh-huh. But because life is going to be like waves. It's gonna, we're going to be up sometimes and we're going to be down other times. Yeah. But God is saying that we have to fix our focus on him. Mm-hmm. See, let me ask you this. Where is your faith? Is your faith in your abilities, uh, your faith in your resources, is your faith in your knowledge, or is your faith in God? See, Paul here, his faith was not in the boat. Yeah. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't worried about the boat. He wasn't, he wasn't concerned whether or not the boat was able to transport him from Crete to Rome. His faith was in God. And likewise, whenever our life seems threatened by the storms of our circumstances, it's easy to ask God, God, fix my problems. That's our first prayer. God, fix it. Take it away. Eliminate it. Uh, God, I don't want to go through this. But friends, God is not just interested in fixing our problems or, or fixing our ship, but God wants to fix our focus on him. 
Now, I must be talking to myself. Y'all wake up. Y'all need to stand up or something. Because y'all, because I, I know I'm preaching. I know I'm preaching about something this morning. Amen. And, and I know everybody in here ain't got the, the faith the size of a mustard seed. And, and, and your life is, is perfect and going just the way you want it to. So 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 I know that we are challenged with some storms. I, I know and I believe that there's some people right here that got some storms in their lives. Then you got you got some stuff that you're dealing with right now, amen? amen. Amen. And so, just like Paul, the question is, where is your faith? Huh. Or are you being dictated by your fears? Right. Or are you are you being dictated by the lies that Satan is telling you that everything is gonna fall apart? Uh-huh. That, 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 that you might as well give up because there's no hope for your situation. Yeah. But God is speaking to us and he is saying, I will. I will. Faith and fear are both powered, both by focus. All right. And because we have the control of our focus, we can control our fears. Faith and, 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 and fear are both controlled by focus. It's about how much focus and attention that you give to them. Yeah. You choose where the power lies. Much of our worry is rooted in the belief that we won't survive without the boat. And that we're going to drown and sink most of the time because we're not willing to let go. Amen. However, if we focus on God who made us, he will give us the courage to believe that he will carry us through the situation regardless of what, what happens to us. Yeah. God didn't promise that he was going to alleviate all your problems. Uh-huh. Truth be told, most of our problems are pretty much self-induced, right? Amen. Most of, most of our problems are really our, we, we, we want God to fix what we messed up. Amen. I was patting myself on the back. Amen. I, I mean, I, that's true. Most of my problems in my life are because of the decisions that I made in my life. And so, and so it's saying here to us that no matter what we go through, no matter what life throws our way, God says he will carry us through it. But here's what we have to do. Deuteronomy 3 and 16 says this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh-huh. See, see, we have, to, we have to get some courage. Amen. We have Amen. to get some courage. It's a whole lot of folks that just living life scared, and 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 and, and yeah. you see it most when they when they go through situations in life uh-huh. that they, they get paralyzed and that they they just get stuck. But God is saying, "I need for you to be strong." I'm not asking you to do anything, but just be strong, be courageous. He said, "I'm with you." Yeah. What are you afraid of? I'm here with you. Are you so focused on the storm that you can't see the fact that the one who created the storm and who has control yeah. over the storm is standing there right with you? Yeah. See, think about the story of Jesus when the disciples were out on the boat and they were, they were stuck in the storm. And, uh-huh. and Jesus comes walking to them on the water. And they, they say, Peter says to him, Lord, if, if that's you, um, Lord, I, I, if it's you, bid me to come to you. And so Peter, he, the Lord said, come, Peter. Peter stepped out of the boat in the middle of the storm and started walking on the water. Uh-huh. 
Now, Peter's ability to walk on the water had nothing to do with Peter. The only thing that it had to do with the fact that Peter kept his eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen. And, and because his eyes, as long as his eyes stayed on Jesus, he was able to walk through the storm of life. Yeah. But look at what happened that when Peter started looking around and started recognizing, oh, snap, it's a storm out here. Then, then what started happening? Yeah. Peter started to sink in the water. Uh -huh. That's what all the God is saying. He's not trying to take every storm away, but what he will say is that you can walk smoothly through the storms of your life as long as you keep your eyes fixed on me. All right now. All right now. We can go deeper into our fears and see that even if the worst possible thing happens to us, God is still there. Yes. Even, even if you sit here and think about what is the worst possible thing that can happen in this situation, God's still there. He's still there. Acts 27 lets us know that, that at the end result, this ship wrecked. It wrecked. Broke up into pieces. Nothing left of the boat. But the sailor feared for their lives. Yeah. However, God spared them, allowing every man to make it safely to the shore. Uh -huh. Their fear would have had them dead, right? Amen. Amen. But because of Paul's faith, they all survived. Amen. And friends, likewise, God is promising to stay with us and deliver on his promise to us, even if it means arriving there in a way we did not expect. <laughs> That's not how, how they had plotted out this trip, right? Yeah. That's, that's not how the, the, the plan for the, the trip was supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to end being shipwrecked on the island and no boat. Yeah. Sometimes in our lives, we make plans, but the Bible says that we have to plan loosely because God is still in control. Yeah. And God doesn't promise to get you just where you think you should go. But he does promise that he will be there with you and he will get you where you're supposed to go. Yeah. Lastly, the last point here is uh -huh. shake the snake and feed the fire. Shake the snake and feed the fire. <laughs> Fix your focus and keep your courage steered by the spirit, not your senses. Yeah. But shake the snake and feed the fire. Uh -huh. Anytime you start doing something with purpose and passion for God, the snakes come out. Anytime you do anything good, there are some snakes in your life. Amen. They're going to come try to pull you down, bite you, kill you, destroy destroy your, your testimony, destroy people's opinions of you. Opposition will grow as your passion to live for God grows. Amen. If you don't want Amen. any, if you don't want any haters, and you don't want any snakes in your life, just don't do nothing for God. Amen. People, people will support you. They'll pat you on your back as long as you do nothing. But as soon as you make the decision to try to live a life for God, uh -huh. opposition will come. Yeah. Acts chapter twenty-eight continues this story because now Paul and and the men are now shipwrecked. They're on this island. Uh -huh. Everybody survived. And they've decided that they're going to create a fire for warmth. And as they create this fire, Paul, like any of us would do, he goes and he, he leans over the fire to get warmth from the fire. Yeah. And out from the fire is driven a snake <laughs> that bites Paul. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now, 
Everybody else is freaking out because they know what kind of snake this is. They know uh, that this is a venomous snake, yeah. and they just saying, "Oh, Paul is gonna die." Uh-huh. Do you think Paul panicked? No, because Paul already had the reassurance that God promised He was gonna take me through the storm. Yeah, He's gonna take me through the shipwreck. Uh huh. And guess what? He's gonna take me through this snake bite. Yeah. All right. And so he simply just shook the snake off. Back into the fire. And friends, if we don't fix our focus and keep up our courage and faith, opposition has the potential to feed on your faith, on your fear. That God didn't bring Paul through all that to let him die by a snake bite. And and God didn't bring you through all that he's brought you to to let whatever you're dealing with right now be the one thing that's going to shut you down. He didn't take you through all that for, for this to be the time that it's like, oh, well, this must be the one. Yeah. Well, why wasn't the last one the one? God's not taking you through all of this for, to stop you now. Yeah. When fear comes to you, you have to learn how to shape the snake back into the fire. All right. All right. And, and continue on doing what God has called you to do. Amen. Friends, God is there in the midst of the chaos. He's, he's there in the midst of the fear. He's there in the midst of the anxiety, in the midst of the worry, in the midst of all the things, all the unknowns. He's there. Uh-huh. And believe this, if God was with Paul through what he went through, the Bible says he will be with you too. Amen. Amen. Let me close up by saying this. So when the enemy is trying to stop us, Leading us to be afraid, leading us to retreat into the land of darkness. When he's trying to trying to convince us to just stop uh, and and give up, realize this: that Satan has no power over you other than what you give him. When when you when you stop listening to the chatter of the lies of fear and of insecurity and of discouragement and of condemnation, and when we start to learn to listen. To what God says he will do in our lives. Uh-huh. See, the Bible lets us know that God says he will be with you. Amen. Psalm 23 and 4 says this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He says he will be your strength, your help. And he will uphold you. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 34 and 34 and 4 says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. Friends, God is speaking to you today, and he's saying you can do it. Uh-huh. He, he's telling, he's saying, don't give up. Don't, don't throw in the towel. Keep yeah. on going. Trust in me. Lean on me. Yeah. I'll, I carried you through this before. I'll carry you through it again. I'll never abandon you. I'm always with you. I love you. I died for you. He's encouraging you to know that whatever it is, he will. Whatever the fears say that you can't do, God is saying, I will do it in your life. Yeah. Whatever, whatever's holding you back, uh-huh. God is saying, don't worry, I will. Yeah. Be encouraged by that to know that what's the worst thing that can happen? 
What's really the worst thing that can happen when we follow God? Nothing but good. We're going to go through the storms. We're going to shipwreck every now and then. We might even get bit by a snake. But that's all right. Because God said, I will be with you. Stand on your feet as we close out today. We close out today. We.